All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching our video here today. We're going to do a uh, interview here with Evangelist Dwight Smith, who came on here a while back and did a great job. We appreciate him. And uh, he is in his truck, taking some time out of his schedule to talk to us about modernism and a lot of uh, things that we're dealing with today. And uh, so, Brother Dwight Smith, thank you for coming on. Where are you at today? I'm actually in Alabama. Alabama, uh, down there. <laughs> roll Tide. Well, good, good, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you live in North Carolina, right? That's right, yes. We just finished two meetings in Texas, and uh, we're going to um, – going to uh, out, uh, back home to North Carolina, then Pennsylvania and all that. So Okay. Well, this guy's busy burning up the roads and stuff like that. And so we want to talk today about modern modernism and uh, what all that is, what all that entails. And uh, Brother Smith, why don't you explain to us, for those who maybe didn't see our last interview where we talked about this, what is a modernist? And, uh, and maybe name some modern day modernist. Well, a modernist would be someone who denies the verbal plenary inspiration of the Bible. They deny the, the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, they, deny the, they deny that salvation is by grace through faith. And, uh, of course, there are other, uh, there's other cardinal doctrines that they deny. But basically, they approach the Bible with unbelief instead of faith. And I'm not just talking about, mm, I'm not so sure about that. That is a form of unbelief or, or, well, I'm not thoroughly convinced of that. They come saying, no, no, this is not true. So they're like unbelief that is convinced or con unbelief and concentrate, you could say. Uh, there's, there's different modern, uh, modernists, uh, uh, Carl Barth is a modernist. Uh, if basically you want to know where the modernists are, go to a lot of the, uh, uh, seminaries and, um, especially the state school seminaries and the religion department of the seminaries, any school that does not identify themselves as a fundamental Bible believing institution is going to be a hotbed for modernists. Mm -hmm. uh, some of them are preachers. You have the a lot of the um, um, the emergent church guys. They are um, modern day modernists. You have a Rod Bell up in Michigan. He's he would be a modern day modernist. Uh, one that recently uh, passed away um, was. Um, Schuler, Robert Schuler of Crystal Cathedral. He was a modern modernist. And uh, these men deny the word of God and they, they are snakes in the grass and they should be marked and avoided. Um, I, would, I would say if you want to know where the modernists are, go, um, go to the modern seminary and religion departments and you'll find at least where they're being trained. Mm -hmm. Right, sure. Well, one of the examples of modernists that I, I found uh, years ago when I was in Bible college at Tennessee, um, I went to an Anglican church just out of curiosity and just walked in and the priest actually just met me. And I just kind of was curious. I said, what do the Anglicans believe? And and uh, he told me, you know, went through a lot of things he believed ecclesiastically and, and all their uh, their polity and that kind of stuff. But uh, he said, uh, I asked him, I said, do you believe the miracles of the Bible? He said, some of them. And I said, well, which ones do you not believe? And he said, well, do you remember the story where Jesus spat in the ground and rubbed the clay in the blind man's eyes? He said, you know, we found out later because of science that there is actually a vitamin and a mineral in that clay in that region of the world that actually is beneficial for eye health. 
And so basically what Jesus did was just basically use this, his, his spit and the clay there as an ointment. And that just cured his disease that he had, but he wasn't really like blind. And you know, it just, he just, Jesus knew medicine and that's what he did. And so just a blatant denial of that miracle. And I thought to myself, that is, that is so bad. And these people exist. And, and matter of fact, uh, brother Smith, I think there's far more of them out there than people actually give credit for. And, uh, and so, you know, you, you've talked about several guys like the Carl Barth and, and that kind of stuff. Rob Bell's a big one that just came out. Uh, but who else do I mean, who are these people? Uh, well, you always want to look for, you always want to test them according to the word of God. And that question you asked was really, really a good question. Um, I'm reminded of the story of the Sunday school teacher that, that uh, was a modernist. And she said, now, boys and girls, uh, the Israelites didn't cross the Red Sea and, and uh, God didn't part the waters. It was called the Reed Sea. So it was only about ankle deep water. And uh, you, you don't need to worry about this being a miracle because it wasn't a miracle. They just crossed in ankle deep water. And little Johnny said, hallelujah, what a miracle. And she said, now, Johnny, I just told you uh, that was not a miracle. It was just ankle deep water. And, and he said, praise God, what a miracle. And she said, Johnny, now, I just told you it wasn't a miracle. He said, oh, yes, teacher, it was. God drowned the whole Egyptian army in ankle-deep water. <laughs> and so I think it's important that you always test the modernists with, uh, with really with the Bible and with faith and with common sense. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes, let's see, modernists are not going to just, like, go away. Mm -hmm. And so there will be new modernists that come down the pike. But you always have to listen to whatever preacher, whatever teacher, whatever YouTuber, whatever. You always have to test it with the Bible. And I'm sure you would agree. You want to even you want your listeners to test what what is said here on this program and on this broadcast with mm -hmm. the Bible. Let God be true and every man a liar. Mm -hmm. And um, so uh, you, you're going to have uh, you're going to have guys like Andy Stanley. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know that I would necessarily classify him as a modernist, mm -hmm. but he's des definitely somebody that should be um, avoided and marked. You know, mm -hmm. he said, ah, let's just do away with the whole Old Testament. He said, what? what? Wait, wait, where did, since when do we do away with the Old Testament? Mm -hmm. And why do we do away with the Old Testament? And of course, he's along the vein of hyper grace. Of course, Joel Osteen would, it depends on who these guys talk to. Uh, you should be able to trust what I say at all times, whether I'm talking to you or whether I'm talking to somebody else, whether you heard it or whether you didn't hear it. Mm -hmm. You should be able to know that what Dwight Smith says is, is going to be lined up with the truth. And if he's wrong, he's going to admit where he's wrong. Mm -hmm. And I don't speak one thing to one group and something else to another group. But mm -hmm. that's what modernists do because mm -hmm. they're looking not for the truth. They're not ethical men. They're looking for what is palatable, what will get them as many views, mm -hmm. how many followers they can get. That's what a modernist does because error does error, error knows no ethics. Mm -hmm. And that's what modernism is. Wow. It's, it's error and it doesn't know any ethics. And one of the greatest Bible uh, passages to deal with this is second Thessalonians. When in chapter two, Paul says, uh, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. So what, that was, what was taking place is they were writing a letter and signing the Apostle Paul's name. 
Well, we have a word for that. It's called forgery. Right. But false doctrine knows no ethics. So Joel Osteen might say one thing to one group of people mm. and something else to another group of people. Yeah. Um, I think another one that should be very much marked and avoided is J.D. Greer. You know, he's mm. the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, and he is very much um, somebody that twists the scriptures. And the irony of it is, is he grew up in independent Baptist circles yeah, and Bible-believing circles. Path, and you should always beware of someone who rejects who rejects uh, the path of truth and trades it in for a newer model, mm. and that's what J.D. Greer has done. He, mm. I, I listened to him about a year ago, and he took a passage from Romans chapter one and said exactly opposite of what the Bible was saying. So. Um, you know, they can write a lot of books and they can have a big TV show and a lot of following. And I don't think any of that is wrong, but if their teaching is against the word of God, they're wrong and God's right. It's just no more complicated than that. Sure, sure. You know, and, and here's something I want to bring up to you, and I want you to just give me your take on this, okay? When when Mr. Macon came out in the in the Presbyterian movement in the 20s, and he came out and he defined the five fundamentals that he said, you know, the virgin birth, the deity of Christ, the inspiration of scriptures, blood atonement, I believe second coming was the fifth one. Um, you know, those were the issues, those were the groundbreaking issues of that day. Um, but what I find is that the, it seems like it seems like almost in a different context today, we have different issues. Like we have abortion and we have, um, you know, we have of course the LGBT issues that are out there today. And it seems like these modernists, they shy away from those, those issues that we dealt with in the twenties. And you can almost, it's almost like you can spot them by these other ones today. I mean, uh, you know, JD Greer came out and was, he, he's, He's saying he's dancing all around, but it's almost as if he is pro LGBT and and just really dancing those lines, scaring me to death. I had a man in Alabama and Birmingham last week tell me he said I've got the inside scoop on Andy Stanley. He's all, he is that close to coming out and saying that this is this is not as big a deal as you're making it out to be on that particular issue. So, uh, is, is, do you see that today in modern context that these modernists, they're, they're, it's almost like they're left-wing CNN pundits, and that's really how you spot them on social issues today? There's no question about it. Uh, J.D. Grin's guys want to be social justice warriors. Hmm. What they don't understand is the men have been social justice warriors. All of them have been modernists. Every last one of them, yeah. they, they've denied the scripture. They've denied the deity of Christ. Many of them have been immoral men. And then they're supposed to be men of the cloth. Uh, Jesse Jackson is a social justice warrior. Uh, Louis Farrakhan, a social justice warrior. Mm -hmm. um, and, and those are just uh, to name a few. And, and they're, excuse me, where is this in the Bible again? This matter of social justice, Jesus came to mm -hmm. support and to promote social justice. No. He came to, to, to seek and to save that which was lost. Mm. And the social justice mindset is hatched in liberalism and hatched yeah. in, in not in Bible-believing churches, not amongst Bible-believing men. Mm. Um, it was hatched amongst men that hate the Word of God. And the issues change. 
There's mm -hmm. no question about it. The issues change. In the early 1900s, when J. Gresham Macon came out and, and uh, these men were propounding fundamentalism and you had the R.A. Torrey and the T.T. Shields and the uh, the G.B. Vicks and the, you know, J. Frank Norris's, they were fighting for and uh, for what was right. And uh, at their time, uh, homosexuality was, it was present, but it wasn't prevalent. Mm -hmm. Now it's not only prevalent, it's prominent. Mm. And um, if, a, if a preacher can't say it straight, no, that's wrong. That's sin. We're not going to do that. Mm. I wouldn't trust anything he has to say. Yeah. If a preacher can't say straight on abortion, well, you know he's been infected by liberalism. And liberalism doesn't, it, liberalism and modernism, it doesn't just infect fundamental churches. It affects every religion. Mm. The whole point of it is to blur the lines hmm. that you don't know uh, what we believe about anything and what we believe in all our distinctives. I have more respect for, although I would disagree with, I have more respect for a an Orthodox Jew than a liberal. Hmm. And it's because liberalism comes in and it blurs the lines and fuzzies everything and don't really know which way is up and which way is down and what is inside this can. And you'd mentioned, I think on our last um, broadcast, how, how important it is to have labels in the soup, in the soup aisle at the Walmart. That's very true. Yeah, sure. Sure. Well, you know, you said social justice. Now I, I just, I think I read a tweet recently about JD Greer and, uh, and I don't want to make this all about JD Greer, but he's just, he's one of those that's really, he's really easy to identify because he's so prominent and he's really very popular. Um, he talked about trying to heal racial injustices in America, which is code for social justice. And, um, you know, I, and I'm, listen, I'm, I'm for, I, I'm for making things right as far as, you know, I, I don't like racism. No born again Christian is a racist. We're, we don't believe in that stuff. We're not, we're not promoting any type of uh, discrimination or whatever. Uh, but God has not called the church to do that kind of stuff. God has called the church to preach the gospel and evangelize the masses. And it seems like this is just, this is just one of those ways you can spot these guys because they're emphasizing that and they're not really emphasizing the preaching of the gospel. Uh, and, and that's just one of the things that I see. Is that kind of what you see out there? Brother, Brother Smith? Oh, there's no doubt about it. And since we brought up A.D. Greer's name again, um, you know, this message that I watched him preach at the very, the only gospel that he preached, and he's preached from Romans 1. You'd think that a preacher would be able to get the gospel out of Romans 1. The only gospel that he preached was when there is a fountain filled with blood was played at the end during the invitation. Mm. was it. That was it. And it was pathetic. And um, it's very important to understand that the true legalists of the day are the liberals. Oh, wow. They're the ones that want to throw a law at everything. Mm-hmm. We can solve this problem by making a new gun law. We can solve this problem by making a new and and really they they um, as far as I can see, they throw all kinds of laws at yeah. the problem. I'm talking about politically, and then they pull the rug out of everybody out from underneath everybody and make everything legal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they want to penalize those that are genuinely law abiding and then make vile vices legal hmm. and and they have their champions in liberal preachers uh liberal preachers that can't preach the gospel and don't preach the gospel and yet when i talk about 
nothing but the gospel um, as, as being central to everything they do. I'm talking the T4G guys and the together for the gospel, the, the gospel coalition guys. I'm not even sure that what they're talking about is the gospel is the gospel. Uh, it's a Calvinist gospel. It's a watered-down gospel. And the new evangelicals have come along years ago and said, we're only going to defend the gospel. The problem with that is, is that if you only defend the gospel, you're only defending the, the crown jewels and the king himself. Mm-hmm. But the king doesn't want that. He doesn't want just the crown jewels and the king himself defended. He wants a perimeter to the outside gates and a perimeter outside the moat. And he wants his soldiers all throughout defending every part mm-hmm. of the work of God. That's my job as a preacher, to preach the whole counsel of God, not mm-hmm. pick and choose. And certainly this is what I wanted to say, is that the liberals have a whole list of commandments. Mm-hmm. Don't drink or eat trans fat. Uh, don't kill the earth by, by running your car too long at the gas station. Uh, don't... Um, Here's a case in point, okay? I was sitting on the plane talking to a lady, and she said she was high on pot, and she was living with a boyfriend, and she was a model. And she was lecturing me on how important it was and healthy it was for me to avoid Cheez-Its and cheeseburgers, and I should never let my boys uh, eat Cheez-Its or cheeseburgers. And so I say, okay, uh, hold on. You're living as a, with all respect, as a whoremonger and a pothead, and you're telling me not to eat Cheez-Its and cheeseburgers? Yeah. But that is exactly what liberals want to do. They want to come up with social justice infractions. They want to come up with, um, you know, you are, you're, you're polluting the earth. And, and these are the greater moral issues of the day. And it's a shift away from the truth. It's just a sleight of hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that because, uh, you know, you said that they're the legalists. And I've, I've said for a while now that the, the left-leaning people are the Pharisees of today uh, because they're the ones straining at a gnat and swallowing a camel. And, uh, and they're, they're the ones who have omitted the weightier matters of the law, justice, me, uh, justice mercy, and truth. They've omitted all that stuff. And uh, so it seems like to me, Brother, Brother Smith, that uh, if, if you want to spot a theological modernist, then what you need to do is you need to look at the political left and, and see where they line up in accordance to that. Uh, would you, what do you think about all that? What, what do you think of that statement? I would agree with that because the political left and the religious left work hand in hand. Remember, the Antichrist will have his false prophet. Mm-hmm. And so the re- the political left is always looking for some preacher or some clergyman or woman to come along and say, oh, yes, we agree with you. Mm-hmm. They're always looking for someone to tickle their ears. Right. And so that's what's going to happen during the uh, tribulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Well, I remember uh, a while back, uh, Joel Osteen, and he's he's one of the he's probably one of the most famous modernist on the planet today. Um, he went to an event, a musical event a concert where Lady Gaga was the main thing. I mean, it was her concert and he attended that and had a photo shoot and was there and all that stuff. So he's yoking up with somebody. Uh, of course, I think Lady Gaga is demon possessed. I have, I have a lot of evidence for that, but of course she's definitely social justice, far leftist type person. And Joel Osteen is, is lined up with her. And so that just seems like to me that an easy way to spot these people. 
Um, now, Lauren Daigle was one a while back. Uh, she, uh, you know, I've been kind of talking about her every now and then on my channel. Uh, Lauren Daigle was pinned down on the LGBT issue, and she basically just said, you know, I don't know. And she, just go read the Bible for yourself and whatever. I, I don't know. And she, she's lying because she did know, and she just didn't want to. Uh, she didn't just didn't want to upset her relationship with Ellen or whatever. Um, and so it does seem like the the political left of today, the far leftist people and the modernists are, are right there together on these issues. And that just seems like a, maybe a good litmus test as to why, or why and how you can spot these people. Right. You can tell, you can tell a modernist by their enemies and by their friends. Mm -hmm. And that's true with any preacher at any time at any particular age, who are their friends and who are their enemies who lined up with them and who, who agreed with them and who promoted them and who withstood them. Yeah. You can tell a lot about a person by their enemies and their friends. Sure. Sure. Well, uh, you know, I have people ask me this on my YouTube channel and I'm, I'm looking for a good answer, but uh, okay. Somebody's watching my channel and they realize modernism, fundamentalism, neo evangelicalism, and they think, Oh my goodness, I've never heard this before. And truth is a lot of people have never heard this before because most sermons today are about how to manage your finances and how to, you know, have the, your best life. Now it's never really theological or anything like that. And contemporary theological issues is just something that is swept off in the corners, got dust on it at this point. But, um, how does a person know if they watch this video and say, Oh my goodness, I, th I may be in a modernistic church. How do I know that? What, what would you tell them and advise them and all that? All right. Well, here's going to be some basic, uh, basic ways, and I don't want to make it over simplistic mm. or trite, but I do want to make it simple. Okay. If, if the Bible is preached on a regular basis, and I would say, are they, is the King James version of the Bible being preached mm. in, in, uh, in anything goes church, uh, anything goes, whatever. It's like Burger King. It's your, you know, have it your way, whatever version you want, your version of your choice. Mm -hmm. Now I will say not every church that preaches from a different version, what I classify as modernist, mm -hmm. but they're at least friendly to that and open to that mm -hmm. and leaning in that direction. I can assure you that the churches that preach from the King James version of the Bible are going to be a lot less likely to be modernist, but unbelief, unbelief can trans, uh, can 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 go above and below, may I say, into the uh, warp and woof of any church, whether they preach from the King James Version or not. Mm -hmm. But largely, the churches that preach from the King James Version and actually preach the Bible, mm -hmm. uh, there are some churches that, you know, preach from the King James Version, but they don't preach the Bible. Yeah. What you want is, just ask the question, is this preacher actually going through the text? Is he giving common sense understanding of the text is he given a simple application of the text um you should ask what kind of music if i were to close my eyes and i couldn't hear the words but i could only hear the music would it sound like would my first initial response be oh this sounds like such and such secular pop group or such and such secular rap group or such and such secular style of music or would you say wow, this has a different sound. These would be psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. This sounds sacred. This sounds reverent. This sounds respectful. Uh, this sounds unlike the world. And, and you should ask that question. Uh, are they preaching from the right text? And are they preaching the text of the Bible? Are they, uh, do they have music that is along the lines of, 
of something that reveres and honors God, you should also ask this question. Um, what, what are they doing to reach the world? Now, now, listen to what I'm saying. If they're just having soup kitchens and they're just having, uh, let's go give stuff to the goodwill, uh, and they're just having some kind of social, we're going to go clean up the yards, and that's all, and they're not going out and preaching the gospel, they're not supporting missionaries to go preach the gospel, then it's very likely they're either headed towards modernism or they're involved in modernism. Because okay. modernism likes to dress up the gospel like some social action. And while I'm certainly not against helping the poor and, and helping the homeless, I'm not against that, mm -hmm. as long as attached to it, front and back, right and left, it has the gospel. We're going to give people the message that Jesus saves, and he's the only one that can set him free. Mm -hmm. Those would be three simple ways that I would discern. Is this church a modernist church? Okay, another way you could ask is, what, what is this church's position on abortion, on homosexuality? Does the preacher ever preach against sin or does he kind of tiptoe through the tulips and he's really careful, doesn't really want to offend anybody, doesn't ever raise his voice to address and confront sin. And are the sins that he confronts, if he preaches against sin, are they the sins of the social left, mm. the sins of global warming, the sins mm. of, of, of uh, not accepting, the sin of toleration, you know, mm. as defined by the social left, um, this, you know, who's made to feel guilty? That's a question. The people that are trying to live for God and hold a high standard of holiness or the people that are sinners? I think those would be questions to ask. Well, you know, that, that's fantastic. And I, um, so, so basically what you're saying is that you, these four things I got written down here, um, you, can see if, you can see how they handle the Word of God, if they're preaching it or if they're just you know, talking about it, uh, the music that they use, the gospel outreach versus more of a humanitarian aid outreach, where are they on that? And then also, what is their position on modern social issues? And if they line up with the political left, uh, then, then, then yeah, they probably are. And so with those four things, ask that about your church. And if they fail, with every one of those that they fail, according to what we just said there, their chances of being a modernistic church increase significantly that's what you're saying right and i'm a solution oriented kind of a guy mm -hmm. so let's say there's oh i'm in a modernist church what should i do come out from it mm -hmm. out of her my people and be not partakers of her sins mm -hmm. leave it Le leave it like yesterday walk away my dad left a modernist church in northern minnesota and never looked back and that's the reason my life has been filled with blessing and he walked away from a church that didn't preach the gospel. He was there 16 years. He never heard how to get to heaven. That's another question. Have they ever told anybody how to get to heaven? When you talk about how to get to heaven, is that something that they kind of shy away from or tiptoe around or, you know, give this general vague, we don't really know and we don't really want to offend anybody? Or do they say, yes, there is a heaven and there is a hell and Jesus is the only one that can save you from hell and take you to heaven. If they can't give you a straight answer on that, then don't trust them. At best, they're deceived and at worst, they're deceivers and walk away and then say, all right, is there a Bible preaching church in my town? And, and it may be that there is. It's a good possibility that there is. If there isn't, it's time to start one and, and get some people that get, get them saved and baptized and discipled and get somebody in like, like Spencer Smith to preach to them. Yeah, or or Dwight Smith, you probably be uh, you've got the travel trailer. You could stay longer. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. 
Well, good, good. Okay. Well, that's, that's excellent there. And so you answer my next question, you know, what do you do with these people? If you find out you're in one, well, get out of there, get your family out of there. And, uh, you know, just like brother Smith, his, 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 uh, his genealogy came out of modernism and now he's in, he's inherited all the blessings of that. Uh, you know, you need to look down the road. I mean, if you stay in a modernistic church, there's a pretty good chance your grandchildren are going to be infidels and unbelievers and you don't want that. And uh, so you need to look through eternal, through the eyes of eternity and see that and come out from among them and realize this, you know, you need to realize folks that are watching this, that just, just because a building has a steeple on it and it says church out front does not mean they're preaching the truth. Amen. And so Amen. that's exactly right. In fact, they may preach a lie. Get out of it. Get out, get out of it. Run away. It'd be better for you to meet with just your family. Now I'm for finding a church, but it'd be, and I'm for starting a church, mm -hmm. but I, tell, I look, I would come and preach there. I would come help you get out of it. And there's likely that if you contact me, I'll help you find a church nearby. And if I find a church that's going to preach the Bible nearby, that pastor may say, hey, I'm 40 minutes away or I'm two hours away, but I'm burdened about getting a church going in your town. There's a lot of people that love the Lord and love his word and want to get life going and life begets life. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, I listened to a guy online the other day and he was just talking about, you know, this, this whole world is such a mess and we need to stand up and go out and try to love people. And, and it's almost like this overemphasis on love at the expense of truth. And it's, it's really all a social justice, you know, type deal. Let's just make the world a better place. But the problem is these people are not preaching the gospel and they're making the world a better place from which to die and go to hell. And uh, that's the problem with modernism. One thing that everybody needs to know is modernism has a different def it has a different dictionary and it has a different rule book mm -hmm. and it wants to shift the rules and the dictionaries and make words that we have traditionally and have always meant one thing to mean another and um, and then change the laws so that it's in the favor of their sin and mark it down somebody like that is at best deceived and worst deceiver. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Yes. Yeah. See, I, in my time in Africa, we've learned about the charismatics is that they've redefined Bible terms. When, when they say you need to get saved, they're not talking about the same thing I'm talking about when I say you need to get saved. They're talking about some sort of saved from your problems and saved from your poverty, not saved from the penalty of your sin and dying going to hell. And they're very, they're very slick like that. And really, folks, this is how deception works. It is, it is so cunning and so smart that it's 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 almost supernatural how clever it is which we know it is supernatural because the devil is the one who's doing this and he's been at it a very long time and he's a whole lot better at it than me and you are and so you have to know the word of god you have to make sure that you're rooted and grounded in ephesians 4 rooted and grounded in the doctrine of the word of god so that when these winds of doctrine come through they don't blow you away and you get sucked up in that because you know once you get sucked up in that oftentimes there there's really no coming back from that for many people that's so true. And I want to say that men like Brother Spencer Smith and myself, we genuinely and truly would like to be a friend to anybody that's in one of these dead liberal churches 
where the preacher does not believe the Bible or the, the general atmosphere and culture of the church is believing and modernistic, and these terms have been changed. It is not the will of God for you to stay in that death trap. Get out. We would be glad to help you. We'll give you personal Bible studies. Mm -hmm. That's how important it is to us. We'll point you to preachers that will give you the word of God and, and uh, that will point you to the light and life of Jesus Christ. I want to be a part of everything that's life, and I want to reject everything's death. And a lie is always death dressed up like life. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of which, you know, I've been kicking around a little bit uh, doing some sort of uh, verse by verse uh, video, something like that. I'd love to get with you on that later on down the road. If you'd be interested in something like that. Um, I think that'd be good because that's the problem that you tell these folks, we need to learn the word of God, but then, uh, well, you know, how do we, how do we project them towards that? And so, um, that'd be good. Well, uh, brother Smith, why don't you tell us this real quick? Um, you know, what's, what's on the near docket for you? I know you and Byron Fox just did something today. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, we're uh, trying to evangelist Byron Fox and uh, Chad Conley and myself and others are trying to get people to register to vote. And uh, we believe that this election coming up is so crucial and so important. So if you're not registered to vote, you can go to godandcountry.me and uh, God will, um, there's a place for you to register. And God's doing in a mighty way, getting churches all across the country to um, to get the people registered. And you want to vote biblical values. You want to vote not just for uh, a president that's going to support biblical values and Israel and go against abortion and against uh, these things that are wrong, like homosexuality and transgender uh, and all that confusion. But you want to you support any any candidate that goes along with what is a righteous value and what is the word of God. And uh, we want to vote evil out and we want to vote error out. And we as uh, American Christians have that privilege. The, the government works for us and uh, it is our servant, not the other way around. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, uh, the churches in the, uh, in the early American revolution, they got involved with politics and not because they believed in there was a political solution to America, but they wanted to be free so that they could actually preach the Bible without any type of government restraint. And that's really the reason we even have the first amendment is so that a man can preach from his pulpit, something that is uh, maybe politically incorrect, but biblically correct without penalty from the government. And uh, so I do think it is incumbent on all Christians, uh, especially as a American ones to be involved to some degree, at least at least bare minimum voting for people that will allow us to to have that freedom and keep that freedom so that we can continue to preach the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ to people across the world. Right. And it doesn't mean that every person that we vote for is somebody that we would agree in every area of their life, past, present and future. But we're voting for a platform that is pro God, pro the Bible, pro morality, pro what is right. And of course, that's just one way that we can affect the difference. The greatest way, which is what we're trying to accomplish with these prayer meetings, mm. is to pray and get down on our knees and see God and confess our sins and humble our hearts and cry out for his mercy and his blessing upon us. Amen. Amen. Well, Brother Smith, thank you very much. We're going to have to uh, cut it short there here. I've, I've, I've run out of time, but I'm so thankful that you came on and uh, so glad to be a part of this. We're going to do many more together with you. And I got a lot of things in the future I'd like to talk to you about. And so uh, this won't be the last you folks will see of Brother Dwight Smith. I promise you that. So uh, appreciate you, brother. Uh, go ahead and tell us uh, real quick, maybe your website and way folks can get a hold of you. And then we'll step off. Okay. Here. 
you can contact us at dwightsmith.org, D-W-I-G-H-T-S-M-I-T-H.org. And you can also go through truelifetracks.org and you can find out a lot more information. God bless you. Thanks so much, Spencer, for the opportunity. Amen, brother. Well, thank you so much. And we'll talk to you again soon, okay? Bye. All right, bye-bye.